Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here is Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hi. Happy uh, Saturday, holiday Saturday at that. That's right. It's a nice long weekend and what everybody loves to do on a nice holiday weekend. Talk taxes. Talk taxes (laughs) on a Saturday afternoon. But it's very important, as we always say, do you pay taxes, Jeff? Yes. Do I pay taxes? Yes, you do. Jeff knows because he's done my taxes. Uh, everybody listening right now, do you pay taxes? Text me, 84126, if you don't. Yes. And I'd love to find out what you're doing. How you're doing it, yep. Yeah, and uh, if it's legal, because it probably isn't. More than likely not. <laughs> right. Or uh, if GM's listening, or, yes. or GE <laughs> If, if GE's listening, they, they won't give out. They yeah. won't give out trade secrets. So. And we don't pay taxes, but we're not going to tell you how. Yeah. Uh, but as Jeff always says, the big firms out there, they have floors and floors of of lawyers and accountants and and people that read the yes. tax code and uh, find the loopholes that benefit uh, the companies, the Amazons, the GEs of the world. They don't pay taxes. Sometimes they even get a tax return, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, they do pay payroll taxes, They though. pay tons of payroll taxes, but that's but they have tons. First. They have tons, tons of employees. Of employees so yeah. it kind of goes with it. So that's kind of the thing as a microcosm, as a micro thing. That's what we want to do on this show, to say – Hey, look, you're not GE, you're not Amazon. Yeah, no, and you'll you'll never get out of paying the taxes, but maybe you could legally reduce them. There That's are the ways question. written yes. inside the tax code yes. that Jeff has has read and and reread and and worked into people's lives and into their particular tax situations. My tax liability is not the same as yours. Exactly. Everybody's not, a snowflake. Every, we're all different. Every, oh, I hate that. You <laughs> snowflake. We're, well, we're all snowflakes yes. when it comes to taxes. Exactly. Yes. Because our taxes are all different. It really just depends. I have one kid in a house, and you know, we, we've got a rental unit mm-hmm. down in Gulf Shores exactly. that my tax situation is different than someone with three kids in exactly. their own business. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have three. Three, but they're all grown, right? They're all grown. No and more four, dependents. Four grandkids. <laughs> Can you claim the grandkids? No, that I can't. What if they come over every day? They do, but I can't, still can't claim <laughs> still them. Can't claim them. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Uh, but there are certain things written in the tax code that help us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm almost stunned when I hear that, yes, they gave GE huge tax huge. breaks. Huge. huge. They give Walmart giant tax incentives every year yeah. to do this, that, and the other. But they also crammed a couple of things in for us, too. Yes. Kind of stunned. It's like, you know, Walmart obviously is going to donate to people's sure reelections uh, by big checks, big, big, big right. checks. Right. You know, why, why would these people finally decide? Well, let's help the little guy out. Yeah, nah, never going to happen. Yeah, we'll throw you a bone. <laughs> uh, but there are a couple of bones in there. Yes. And that's what Jeff can do. He can look at your tax situation. He can say, "Well, we could do this. We can do that." I know when it comes to my son's schooling for his daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, We've worked out something where it comes straight out of my wife's paycheck, 
goes into an FSA, and we use that to pay my son's daycare. And it is, uh, well, it's pre-tax. Pre-tax. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't get taxed. Exactly. It comes, comes out pre-tax. It's more money in your pocket. So the the money that we use to pay for school, we'd have to pay that anyway. Exactly. To net it, so it would ta- it would take at least you know twenty four percent higher to net that in your pocket to make the payment. I'm in the twenty four percent tax bracket. Uh, it's either the government takes twenty four percent of my salary away, mm-hmm. and then I pay school. Yeah. Or I can pay school with money that doesn't get taxed. Exactly. I mean, that's the way it's it the works. Way to do it. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your brain around sometimes, but Jeff. Here's the simple thing. I'm going in with one thing that you've taught me. I'm going in, and uh, last year we kept kept exactly twelve hundred bucks mm-hmm. by my moving five grand, yeah, straight out of our paychecks pre-tax. And this year we're hoping to save twenty four hundred bucks, right? Twenty four percent by moving ten grand out mm-hmm. and, uh, and using it, it, yeah, using it to pay for what we were going to have to pay anyway. I mean, just like uh, with health care, you can do health savings accounts Health savings, well. yeah. If you could do that, and that's pre-tax dollars going in. If you know you, you've got $20,000 in, in annual health care costs, yeah. might as well use. <laughs> that's the same thing, which is the flexible spending account. Just the difference is the FSA versus, versus the HSA, which is a health savings account. FSAs, you have to declare at the beginning of the year, hey, I'm going to spend X. And you it's a use it or lose it. An HSA, everybody, there's always this common misconception that an HSA works the same way. It does not. HSA is your personal bank account to take with you if you retire, you change jobs, whatever it is, it stays there to help pay for health care in the future. Tax-free. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's another option. Maybe yeah. you've maxed out your 401k for the year. Ex- exactly. You can dump it into an HSA. An HSA looks just like an IRA, basically. A little bit lower limits, but that's okay, whether it's a family or you know uh, individual. But again, it's pre-tax, dollar-for-dollar, dollar, pre-tax contributions going in. So those, uh, again, these are, these are high-level tax things, and... You know, nobody really knows how they work, but Jeff does. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of some of these things, give Jeff a call. Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. That's the point of the show is to tell you that there are things out there for you to take advantage of in your own particular tax situation. And if you want, why don't you give Jeff first crack at it? Please. 636-394-5524. He's doing mine. He can do yours as well. Now, we're in a recession, yes. right? Technically, we are in a – from the, the technical aspect, we're in a recession. And a recession is two quarters – Two consecutive quarters back-to-back of negative GDP or gross domestic product or the output of the United States. So first quarter, 22, we were down, I think, the quote many of these numbers, neg- uh, negative 1.65. But the second quarter was like a negative point zero nine. So, so we got a little skidding, better, skidding right by less than one percent. Yes, yes. When when is the third quarter end? When do we find out if we've got three quarters? Typically, that will end here shortly. You know, into the third quarter takes them about thirty days to put the calculations together. So probably, I think, what is that? Octoberish sometime um, mid mid the mid the late October, they'll come out and say, "Hey, we've had three quarters consecutively." Um, consensus is right now we might go down that path. 
But again, the funny part is with the jobs report that came out uh, Friday, basically we added 315,000 jobs to the roster. So again, everybody goes, ooh, you think of the positives. The negative is July's was 526,000. Mm-hmm. So we still added 315, but it's a lower number. So we can see this slow, I don't want to say decline is probably the wrong word to use, but it's kind of starting to taper back. But again, at the end of the day, there's still life in this economy. Um, still hiring. Still hiring. I mean, hiring in a recession, you tell a, a professor in the 80s exactly. that. <laughs> and they'd be like, what? No yeah. way. I mean, that's. They're going to give you an F. Yeah, that goes down <laughs> that path. White House is trying to re. Uh, what do you want to say? It redesign the interpretation of it, and it's like, eh, yeah, yeah try but to no. redefine. Yeah, I get what they're saying, saying, hey, it's really not a recession, but technically it is. Well, it's interesting. Uh, a recession is just a definition, exactly. But exactly. you know, are the speaking of snowflakes, are there two recessions that ever look look the same? Um, the worst words to ever say is this time it's different. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, no, they're they're pretty much all down that same path. This one's weirder, and it's just weirder because technically in a true recession, you need three items. Three items are two consecutive quarters back-to-back of the Mm -hmm. negative GDP. That is the definition. And that's the definition. Behind that, what you get is because of that slowing of the economy, you get corporate profits to actually start to back off a little bit, which means companies don't come out every quarter and report great numbers. They start to slow down. And when you see that slowdown, you then see unemployment start to rise rapidly because the exact byproduct of lower corporate earnings is typically, hey, we need to lay somebody off because we just didn't yeah, make as much it's, money as it's what not, we thought. Well, we're, we're not making as much as we did last time. Cut some jobs. Yeah, cut some jobs quick. And, yeah. you're, and you're seeing that out there. Uh, retail, you're seeing it, um, which they're already understaffed, but <laughs> we're seeing it. J.P. Morgan is the big one. They've laid off a thousand um, advise, you know, advisors oh, that wow. do mortgages. Yeah. Um, we're starting to see Snap laid off a bunch of people. Uh, Meta, Facebook is going to drop some people. So we're starting to see it, but it's not as bad as previous recessions where it's just mass layoffs out there. So, and well, it's interesting. Uh, two quarters of of. Uh, Negative growth. Yeah. Okay. That that's you can't argue with that. Those yeah. are numbers. It's numbers are numbers. Corporate numbers don't lie. Profits falling. I just saw something where corporate profits are almost at records. They are still now, because everyone's charging more. They say it's inflation. Ex- but. Exactly. That's part of the equation, and the economists have to go in there and take that section of it out. But I mean, we were at three point five percent unemployment rate um, as of today. We're at three point seven which it ticked up two-tenths of a percent, you go, eh. I mean, you could look at that either way. I take that as still as a positive, which means we're still adding jobs in this recession. Um, and then the what they call the labor, persist, bleh, labor participation rate, um, which are people that are looking for a job, um, is at 62.4%, um, and basically it was 621 in July. So, so it's not really making huge not changes, huge changes, one but, way or another. But it, it's it's holding its own going forward. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, there there's still a pent up demand for workers sitting out there, and the labor department said that there were 11.2 million open positions in July, up from 11 million in June. So again, that demand is still out there. So, Eleven million jobs to be had sitting out there, just yeah. sitting out there unfilled. Yeah. The one that really cracks me up 
is the 62.4% of the of adults seeking a job. So you go, wait a minute, where's the other, you know, even 35% of the people at? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how they classify that. but Seeking a job. Seeking yeah. a job. So it's only 62.4% of the labor force, of an adult labor force, is actively working. So St. Louis Community College put out um, – uh, a list they do it every year of mm-hmm. of jobs by posting you know you go out to monster or yeah. indeed or whatever yeah. job postings that are out there uh the ones that are sitting there the longest going unfilled meaning you can't find somebody to fill this job in this industry and i think they said nursing uh seriously pre-k Huh, bad. You know, do that. Yeah, Te- strangle them. <laughs> teachers, we've heard about teachers having uh trouble. Yes. Finding enough teachers, so nurses, uh, truck drivers, mm-hmm. the job listings have been open. Home health care workers uh, for the elderly in home yeah. care uh, just can't find the jobs. Yeah. Just can't find the people to fill the jobs. People to fill it, exactly. Yeah, I should exactly. say. Uh, the jobs are there. Yeah. They just That's need the, the people to step up to the plate. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it's like, what did you tell me? Um Someone posited, uh, did lockdowns make uh, us Americans lazy? You know, They're I basically think saying, yes, they did. The French would call us lazy Americans even yeah, before the lockdown. Before it, yeah. Uh, but did the lockdowns make us lazy? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, pent-up demand for jobs, it might be the fact that we're in a recession and it doesn't look like a true recession because we've needed jobs for two and a half years exactly, exactly, to be filled. Exactly. This and might level off at some it, point. It may be in the next year. It catches up to itself. And, it and we look like off. a normal recession. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they're still adding jobs by the hundred thousands. Exactly. And job openings went up from 11 to 11.2 million. Yeah. I mean, it's two-tenths of a percent, but it's possible. It's 200,000 more, more jobs. Exactly. So it's just a really weird time. That's why I say it's ne- you never want to say this is different because they're all the same. This is just weirder. It's the yeah. only way to put it. Yeah. Uh, this is a different recession. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> they're all yeah, the right. same. <laughs> but heading into it, at least yeah. uh, for the first two months, you don't know you're in a recession until you're until in a you're recession. There. Yeah. Uh, heading into it, it's a it's a different one. Mm-hmm. It's a, I'm gonna I just fell I fell into that tiger trap. Yep, it's a different one. <laughs> it's different. It's different. It's this different time, this time, <laughs> guys. Uh, so we're still adding jobs. If you're looking for a job, like I said, nursing, home health care, yeah, pre K teachers, truck drivers, they are yeah. out there and they're Goes desperate back to fill to them. the uh, eighty seven thousand IRS agents that they're going to hire with this new you know Inflation Protection Act um, to hire eighty seven thousand people. It's going to take time. Yeah, it's going to take a long time. And it's not just – have you seen the job openings for the IRS asking uh, if people if they could use weapons? Use weapons. Are you you good, (laughs) proficient using a a firearm? Yeah. Well, that's weird. That's really weird. (laughs) But that's – there is an element that they get to carry a badge and a gun for what they do. I mean, Uh, those are the true – Enforcement. Enforcement. They're real revenue agents. Knock on somebody's door asking them for tax money. They might might shoot back at you. Could be an issue. Yes. Yeah. So, no, they need to be armed. Yeah. And those uh, those 87,000 jobs at the IRS – it's not just enforcement. No, it's they're, not. Yeah, it, they're going to hire people. People to answer the phone, clerical people to help process. Pushing papers. Push paper, whatever yeah. it is. Janitors, you name it. They need it. Um, they need uh, uh, people that are proficient in shredding. No. <laughs> well, I mean, there might be that, too. That's a lot. You see the pictures of the IRS office. Uh, Washington Post went inside an IRS office in Austin, Texas, and it was yes. mind-boggling. Crazy. 
the how old the infrastructure is, uh, the computers that they're using. Uh, you know, we had a better computer in 1988 mm-hmm. than what the IRS is using right now. Jeff. Windows, what is it? Windows XP. Yeah, like, which huh. <laughs> which went out in 2006. Yeah, I think. when they quit supporting it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just the piles of paper. You know, yes. I don't even know where they eat lunch because their cafeteria is filled with stuff, filled yep. with paperwork. So yeah. uh, there's plenty of jobs out there to be had, whether you want to work for the IRS. I'm sure it's a nice, cushy government job. Oh, I mean, yeah. Good benefits. Yeah. Pension. Great benefits. Yeah. Does the government have pension? Yes, it does. They okay. have their own health care and their own pensions. And so. explain to me really quick. I've never understood this. We have to go to commercial break. Uh, but uh, what is a pension? That means that my dad has one. He was a, a school teacher for years. So the, the pension is the employer is liable for the performance and the funding of that that income or that account, if you really want to call it that. So good old school pensions back in the day, you were 55, you retired, your pension started paying you 55 till the day you passed away. And in some cases, if you had an early demise, even your spouse yeah, we my mom get will get uh, half, I think, she but said. But the individual or the employer, employee never had to worry about funding, how much to put into it, where to invest it. That was totally – the risk was borne by the employer. And every paycheck he got, did they take some no, out? No, nothing. It's just the employer that was part of the package. Hmm. So what they've done is over the last, I guess, 30 – well, probably 40 years, they've shifted that. I guess early 80s is when the 401Ks came out. And what that did was made sh- me responsible. Exactly, now. shifted the risk from the employer to the employee, hmm. and you get a tax deduction for your contribution going in. And typically, most employers, some, have a matching element. But again, the performance, the funding, and the performance is on the employee, not the employer. So, when a company that has pension, mm-hmm. do they take in how much they have to put in pension for me, the employee? When they come up with my pay? Yeah, it's part of your package. Part of your package. Typically, um, a lot of them, we saw the hospital systems, I won't name them, in St. Louis, they all have a frozen pension out there. So it's a pension that the hospitals bore the risk. They had to figure out the funding mechanism and the performance on a regular basis. So they just froze them. They just sit out there waiting for those individuals to retire. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So, so there was a, a, a huge shift in that. And again, in an up market, everybody's like, yeah, I'm smarter than the pension plans. Um, we've ran numbers for the older pension plans in the past. We can't beat them. I mean, you just can't beat them. How they get the uh, guaranteed you know, 7% rate of return conse- consecutively is crazy, but that's a pension plan. They get to, they get to do that. Wow. It's interesting. Yeah. I want to do what they're doing. That's what I mean. I was like, huh, what are you doing? Wow, <laughs> oh, 7% return. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. So That's pretty good. Uh, all right. We're going to go to commercial break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more. Third quarter's coming up. Estimated payments are due if you're a contract worker, uh, like an Uber driver. Yes. Uh, or anyone else who has to make third uh, estimated payments by quarter. The student loan thing is still hanging out there. There's some pieces in there. And what if I still have a savings bond? Yeah, I turned like, what? <laughs> I turned forty-one. You probably got forty-one. You got them when you turned sixteen, and <laughs> yeah, I turned forty-one over the summer. How long is a is a term on a 30, savings bond? Thirty years. What so, happens when it matures? We'll get into yeah. all of that. Jeff Zufall, senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Like I say all the time, <sighs> if you hate taxes, if you, I hate it's theft. <laughs> they're they, you know they need to abolish the IRS. They need to abol- Well, they're probably not going to do that. No. So in the meantime, <laughs> why don't you hire someone like Jeff 
to take a look at your tax situation and make sure you're paying the bare minimum of what you're legally what supposed you're legally to. obligated to pay. You are paying anything over what you aren't legally obligated to pay is voluntary taxes yes, that you're just given to them. And the whole point of the book that Jeff wrote, Keep What's Yours, the whole point of the show that we do every Saturday in the three o'clock hour, Keep What's Yours, is to keep more of that money on your paycheck and in your pocket and in your bank account and paying for your kids' tuition and paying for your health care costs and not sending it off to the government yes. to do whatever with. Yeah. You can spend it more than easier or better than what they can. So if you hate paying taxes, stop giving them more than what you have to. <laughs> yes. And the only way to do that is to find someone who knows the ins and outs of the tax code like Jeff. 636-394-5524. Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. We'll be back right after this. Back to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor, Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524. Give him a call. See if he can take a look at your personal tax situation, your W-2s, your last couple of years tax returns. everything. We can figure uh, out a thing going forward of how you can keep a little bit more of what's yours, which is the name of the book that you wrote. Uh, the name of the show that we do, but if we wanted to get a look at this book, and it's it's a nice, easy read. There's some fun cartoons. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like pictures to visualize things. Yes. The the little cartoons break it up uh, a little bit more. It's just easy. It makes it accessible. Uh, it makes it um, simpler to understand because yes. this is something that everyone has to do. Yeah. So you might as well kind of. Get a grasp on exactly. It. Get a handle on what you got and how it's going. And I think at the end of the day, we should always have someone like Jeff here in our corner to go over this stuff, especially for a small business. You yes. specialize in small, small businesses. Small businesses, yes. Um, especially if you have a small business, but you don't want to just push your papers onto Jeff's side of the table <laughs> and then get up and walk out and you, run away. Yeah, yeah you got to. <laughs> yeah, you got to understand what's going on, which levers are being turned here. Yes. Because it's kind of a a conversation between us. Exactly, cuz we need to understand what you're and, and over time as we have people that we've worked with for years, um we kind of know what they're doing, how they're doing it, etc. Um, but anybody within the next – if you're starting a business, that's a whole nother kind of set the stage as we go forward. Um, you know, And somebody that's out there a couple of years, at least once every year we have to sit down, go through what you got going, figure out you know, what the next step should be, um, what you're – and every, what the question I always ask the business owners is, do you know where you're at? Do you know where you're at financially? Um, and most of them are like, well, I got money in the bank, kind of I'm good. That's not the right answer. Yeah. Uh, you need a balance sheet, profit loss statement. That kind of tells you the health of your business as you're going forward. And you know if it starts to dwindle or decline, but you could be you know, losing money but still have money in the bank. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the, the setup that we go forward with. And it's one of those things I always use uh, as an example, the flower shop. You yes. know flowers inside and out. But you don't know a balance sheet from, you know, yeah, a begonia. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, just because you, you want to open a business and you're an expert in your field doesn't mean that you're necessarily exactly. equipped exactly. to do the yes. books. So we like to sit down at minimum every six months, go through a profit loss with the business owners, um, explain to them where they're at with the balance sheet, you know, um, you know, and go from there. And then typically it's at 
st- last week right after Christmas. Everybody's panic-stricken because they have a profit and they need to spend money and buy stuff to write it off. So, you know, we kind of try to stop from doing that so that it's not a mad dash rush at the end of the year to, you know, oh, I need to go buy all this junk. And the problem is today you can't get half the stuff that you need. Um, so it may take a little bit for it to be delivered to you. Yeah. So, so it's it, you just need someone in your corner. Mm-hmm. And the first step, I think, uh, would be to read the book. Yeah. And just kind of familiarize yourself with these concepts. Yes. And how do we get uh, a copy of the book? You could get go right to our web. You can call the office at 636-394-5524, and we can ship you one. Or if you'd want, you can go right on the website, uh, capitaladvisorygrp.com, upper right-hand corner. It's get my book pops down you can put your information in and, and we'll ship one right to you freebie yes how about that nothing nothing is free these days <laughs> but it's it's all about familiarizing yourself with the system because if you just you know say i'll pay you whatever you want um we we see especially in the small business arena we see a lot of people come in when we look at their returns and they made $30,000, you know, driving for Uber or something of that effect, but they don't have any mileage. They have no office expenses. They have nothing. And and when you understand what you can write off, and, and again, there's gray areas out there. You don't want to go past the guardrail concept, which is you're driving down the road, you got guardrails on both sides. As long as you stay within the guardrails, you're fine. Yeah. If you jump over the guardrails, you're off in the weeds, and it could get a little scary. And that's when the IRS comes Shows in with their says, enforcement agents with prove it, <laughs> with you know loaded handguns, yes. <laughs> uh, to say prove it. So uh, the idea is Jeff will keep you inside those guardrails and, and find out the smooth exactly. sailing spots, yeah. you know, uh, of where you can just really uh, cut loose and open up to yes. about 80, 90 miles per hour. That's right, maybe one ten, one ten. Just keep going. It's just a suggested. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, third quarter, speaking of Uber drivers, yes. third quarter estimated payments are due on the 15th. Yes. So of I September. Think it's, uh, two Thursdays out, yeah. something like that, or a couple week weeks and a half. Um, so, again, this goes back to knowing your numbers. If you are a Uber driver or somebody in the gig economy, um, small business owner, and you go, ooh, yeah, that's coming. The problem is, is what do you pay? So in some cases, it's a matter of taking your profit loss statement, looking where you're at, putting the numbers together, and you really don't have to do much other than say, that's my profit, this is what I need to pay. But if you don't have all your numbers together, it's really tough to pay that. So again, one of the tricks is, depending upon where you're at business-wise, you could pay your previous year's tax liability. So as long as you're making consistent estimated payments, you would Your just third pay. quarter estimated payments from last year. From last year would apply, and you could just go ahead and make that for federal and state. And that's because maybe there's a busier time of exactly. the year well, in whatever yeah. occupation you're in. Very possible. You know, um, people, some, uh, you know, construction workers yeah. probably a little more dormant in the winter. And they get in towards November, December. They start missing work due to weather, you know, rain, et cetera. Um, so then their income tapers off a little bit. But uh, if you plow snow, you know, you hit the winter and you start making a ton of money. Yeah. So it kind of goes, you know, back and forth. But again, don't miss September's payment. It's probably the most important payment of the year. It kind of sets the stage for your underpayment penalties, if you want to call it that, um, which means if you underpay your estimated payments and you owe the IRS more than $1,000 or the state, they hit you with underpayment penalties on the tax return galore. And it's a tax on top of a tax. Yep. Uh, again, don't pay more than what you have to. Exactly. So pay your the proper amounts mm-hmm. throughout the year 
so yes. that you don't get hit with a, a late Huge. payment penalty yeah. or, or any of that. So these estimated payments, I'm an employee. Uh, I've never worked for myself. I've never been an independent contractor. I've always been an employee. So I don't didn't, apply. I didn't even know what this was. Yeah. But if you're a contractor, if you're an independent, uh, em, you know, uh, contractor, you yes. work for yourself, you're freelance. Yeah. Uh, if you own your own business, yeah, is that the same? Technically, the same, depending upon the business structure, and that gets a little tricky. Some do, and some don't have to. You um, have to pay. Your taxes, yes, once a quarter. The, the basically the IRS, IRS wants your your tax money. It's pay as you go concept. So it's not, hey, I made all this money. I'm going to wait until I file my tax return and then pay it, because they will zap you for underpayment penalties. And is uh, that because uh, people who are just flying by the seat of their pants, uh, willy nilly, going along here, running their own business, or driving an Uber or whatever, uh, if they aren't putting tax money in? Every paycheck, like yes. I do, getting yeah. employee uh, taxes kicked yep. in from the government. Uh, if I'm not putting that in every paycheck, it'll get to the end of the year, and they'll say, "All right, Josh, you owe oh. us twenty four percent of whatever you, you know." And they yeah. they're asking me for twenty twenty thousand dollars or more. Yeah. I don't have that exactly, and they're like, "Wait, wait." <laughs> so that's so the they issue. want you to pay as yes. you go. Yeah. Because they're going to send you a big bill at the end of the year, and and I won't be able to pay it. Yeah. And, and they know that. And they know it. So that it's pay as you go. So as you make your income, you need to feed some back to the IRS. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you most people say, well, I'll just pay a minimum of you know $1,000 a quarter. Problem is you have to gear that tax to what your actual tax liability is, not just arbitrarily throw a number out there. Because even if you paid less than what you should have, you made the payments, yes. But you still owe twenty grand at the end of the year. They're going to be mad. And if I'm so. an independent contractor, I do some freelance work. They send me a thousand dollars. I cash the check mm-hmm. for a thousand dollars. Whoever sent that, whatever company I was contracting with, whatever, they'll send a note to the IRS. They actually send to you as the contractor a ten ninety nine yeah. typically, and then at the same time they feed the master to the IRS. IRS knows what you made. So it's like, ah, you know, hey, there weren't yeah. any taxes. I used to get uh, freelance, 100 bucks here and there yeah. freelance. And I'm like, oh, no taxes. This is sweet. <laughs> well, they're turning something in. Typically over 600 bucks, 400 or 600, you turn a 1099 in. But you as the employer <clears throat> or employee subcontractor is supposed to report everything that you earn. If it's $100, you report it. If it's 100000 you report it. Right. So. But the, the, the main thing to hear here is that they, whoever wrote you that check, is turning something into the IRS. Exactly, so the IRS knows they want the deduction. That so you we got see, that. We see letters all the time that come from the IRS, takes them 18 months to 24 months to catch it. But they're like, wait, we received, and it's a line item, this, 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 and this, 1099. But you put on your return a big fat zero, right? <laughs> yeah, like, this says that they paid you ten grand. Yeah, and they're like, "Where you didn't go? mention that?" Yeah, and it gets that that letter to write is a little tricky, trying to explain to them what took place. Uh, but so yeah, so pay your estimated payments. Yes, if you fall that into that category, do not miss a payment. Do Either not do the calculation for math or have somebody help you do it, or just go back and pay last year's minimum tax liability for the year going forward mm-hmm. and, and that's just what you have to do and that's what the, the government says and like jeff says if you stay within the guardrails uh you won't have anybody breathing down exactly. your neck and you yeah. know what maybe maybe we can figure out 
inside your your tax situation where you can keep a little bit more of that money next time uh, right. going forward. Let's talk about bonds, savings bonds. <laughs> My brother used to get um, savings bonds uh, every birthday uh-huh. of his, and I actually, you were telling me about savings bonds during the commercial break, and I just texted him, and I said, do you still have those? <laughs> you know, what happened to those? Are they still around? Yeah. Do you use them to buy that, that Camaro back in the day, you know, <laughs> uh, cash them in? Savings bonds, people have them. What are they? So savings bonds are basically a way that in the past, and I say honestly in the past, now we have, today we have the inflation bonds that are out there. Totally different setup because that's paying a 962 interest rate for an inflation bond. Um, And every time that every quarter, calendar quarter comes by, Fed's put out what inflation is. As long as it's high, that's the prevailing rate that you will get. These are Series E bonds, Series EE bonds. So E bonds, good old E bonds, came out in the 40s to mm-hmm. the 60s. And they ba- basically, you put $50 in, um, and in 40 years, it would magically turn into $100 or more because of the interest rate. And then the second set starts like late 65, going all the way to 1980. And then they decreased the interest rate that they were paying or the, the the money that they were paying on those bonds, and it took it 30 years to get to that point. Um, and then EEs, which basically were the replacement to E's, basically 30 years. So if the bond is issued 30 years ago, um, the 30th year and beyond, it earns absolutely nothing. It is dormant money. Most of these are sitting in safe deposit box, drawers someplace in the house. Um, but if you have any old bonds out there, Get them and look to see what the actual maturity date is. So I'm playing Monopoly, and they say, you know, savings bond has matured, collects yes. $15. Yeah. What does it mean when a savings bond matures? It means that the federal government will no longer pay you interest on that money sitting there. What is the interest rate on, on some of these? Well, it gets, goes from 4% to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> depending upon the year that it was issued, depending upon the interest rate at that point. And when time. it's when my wife has bought some savings bonds for my uh, mm-hmm. for her godson, my our nephew, and um, when she bought that, it will say what the term is, right? Yes. Yeah. On it's, it. it's basically it'll say that it's, you know, 20 year, 30, 40 year, whatever. But typically they're going to be 30 years. But once it hits that 30 year term, it no longer it done. is done. It's dormant money. It earns no nothing. longer earns yes. anything. It's toast. And, and the IRS. Is it's still m- worth a bunch of money. Whatever the value yeah. was when it hit that maturity date is what it's worth. But the IRS is never going to reach out to you and go, Josh, you have those three bonds yeah. hiding somewhere in your house. You might want to cash them in. Yeah. It's hey, Josh, money. your uh, savings bond's going to mature here yeah. in three months. They say nothing. So no. here's, here's the funny part. It's kind of a catch-22. They also say that when that bond, there's two options on paying your interest. Most people don't go with this first one, which is you pay each year that it pays you interest, you report that and you pay it on your tax return. And so at the end of the term, you owe no, no taxes because it's all been paid. Or you just sit on it, and when it matures, you cash it in, and you, you know, $100 bond, basically, you paid $50 for it. It's worth $100 today. So you have $50 in interest income from the U.S. Treasury that you report on your tax return. It, 
Is that income? That's income? It's interest income, yes. That's not, uh, what do you call that, uh, capital not a, gains? Not a capital gain. It's not it's a capital gain? straight interest income. U.S. government will send you a huh. 1099 when you cash it in. So I, I've admitted that I'm in the 24% tax bracket. Yes. So I would owe 24% percent taxes. of whatever that interest side is. So it's a $100 bond. 50 was your original contribution. You don't pay tax on that. The, when it matures... Hypothetically, you made fifty dollars, so you'd pay twenty four percent interest on fifty grand. On fifty, so yeah, you owe a couple bucks. Hmm. <laughs> but what the IRS says is the year in which that bond matures is when the actual tax is due. So, so uh, it's a thirty year term. Yeah, on the thirtieth year, you, you are supposed you're supposed that's to when you turn, should yep. be paying the taxes. Yes. What but, happens if I don't? You know, it's sitting in a safe deposit box. Nobody. So, I mean, again, story um, is little old lady. Um, husband passed away. He took care of all that stuff. Realizes she has rather large sum of money in savings bonds. It's five years. They've, it hasn't earned a thing in five years. We cash it in. It goes on this current tax year because she cashed it in in that current year. Um, about 18 months later, she gets a notice from the IRS that says, no, 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 no. You actually owed that five years ago when those bonds matured. Never seen that ever before, but it's out there. And apparently they're only doing it on a large sum of money, not, you know, hey, I got $100, you know. But she actually had to pay penalties and interest on that money from the day it was due. Because it was due five years ago. Five years earlier. And then the the, the juice started running from yeah, then. Yeah, from day one coming forward. Strictly on, not on all of her income, but strictly on those bonds. Just those savings. Now, yeah. that is something that, that, perk up your ears right now. Listen. Do you have savings <laughs> exactly. bonds somewhere? Hiding in your house in a drawer, safe deposit box, in an envelope, that, you know, that, you know, keepsake, et cetera, et cetera. Grab them. See what the term is on them you can you can actually take the bond you can go to the the uh, u.s savings bond it's a website uh, i can't remember the name of it but a website out there sure and it will pop up and gives you a little calculator and you put in your serial number it'll do a calculation and tell you exactly what it's worth wow um so again it, and it'll tell you hey it's it hasn't earned interest for three years we see it all the time now in some cases because it, it'll just after it matures it's done dormant just it's it's and theoretically, what you should have done was cashed it in. As soon as it matured, whatever that month was, the last time that it paid its interest. And then rolled it into some other investment. Cashed it in and done something different. Mm-hmm. So you could take you used to be able to take EE bonds, E and EE bonds, and convert those into what's called HH bonds. And it was a non-taxable event, but they did away with that back a ways back. So and you could only, take— yeah. Yeah, an e-bond that you had received 30 years earlier, and you could actually convert it to an HH, but then it just, that in pent-up interest sat out there until somebody either passed away or you cashed it in, then you would pay tax on it. And this is, the concept is so hard for me, um, <laughs> but but hear me out. You put 50 bucks in every year or whatever. Well, uh, just, you started with 50 bucks in yeah. that bond. That bond, hypothetically, will be at face value in, so like, which we would be accustomed to, 65 to 1980 is the standard uh, 30-year e-bond, okay? So if you put that money in in uh, December of 1965, basically in 1980, it was its 30-year mark, mm-hmm. um, basically. So under that concept, at 30 years, you put 50 bucks in, it's now worth $100. Okay. And then, and then you, you only pay. It accrues... 
interest. Only 4% on, interest rate. Yeah, only on the earnings. You only pay yeah. so on the you, earnings. You used to be able to take them to any national bank with a big stack of savings bonds. You had to sign the back of them in front of an officer and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and you cash them in, they put it in your bank account. Wow. They don't really do that anymore. Now you actually have to take them, ship them up to Minnesota or Michigan, I believe, oh, to the actual safe de- the, the savings bond department. They will go through the calculation, cash it, deposit the money right to your bank account, or if you have them reissued for whatever reason, they will never send you an actual savings bond anymore. It's all done online. That's so and that's that's in Minnesota for some it's reason. It's Minnesota or Michigan yeah. is the yeah. service center for savings bonds. Interesting. So. so if here's the call on the Clarion call again, <laughs> if you have savings bonds, find out where they are. Yes. Take a look at them. Input the serial number into um, the website for the, the website the US out there. The government bonds. website, savings yeah. bond website. And find out what the term is. Is it still making you money? If it's not, then cash it cash in. It in. It's worth it. There's no reason to sit on it. Now, when you cash in, it's going to create that taxation. And maybe we could talk to Jeff. If you've got savings bonds and you want to cash them in and roll them into something else, uh, you can talk to Jeff and say, what is my tax liability going to be on this? Exactly. And how do we make it less so? Exactly. Well, there really isn't a way to make it because it's just going to show up as interest income. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what's the next step? What do you do with that cash going forward? Does it count as as <laughs> income for that year? Yes. Well, it's... Depending upon the amount, like if I make fifty grand a year and then I cash in thirty grand of savings, is my tax yeah. uh, situation well, now eighty thousand dollars? Well, hypothetically, it will because say if you had thirty thousand in savings bonds, it would add interest income to mm-hmm. your return and skyrocket your your actual income. All the income. more reason to have someone yes. look at it before you just pull that trigger. Exactly. Either pull the trigger and figure out what they're worth, um, and then. Take it from there. Yeah, find out what they're worth, but before yeah. you cash them in, talk to Jeff and say, "What's the plan here? Yeah. What's the play?" Yeah, and uh, we, we see them all the time where people are like, "Oh yeah, I found these. They didn't even they forgot about them. You know, mm-hmm. they got them when they were sixteen or they were ten or whatever. Um, you know, a great aunt gave them to them a long time ago, and now they're just sitting there. See what the maturity date is on them. Absolutely, find out what uh, Jeff has to say about it. Come up with a plan, not only on how to cash them in. But what to roll them into? Well, that too. So, and the other thing is, some of the bonds in the '80s, well, maybe in the up to the late '80s, could actually be used. They're they're marked. They could actually be used to pay. It's tax free as long as it's used to pay higher education costs, like college. How about that? Yes. So See, there, there's only a even, certain block of savings yeah. bonds that are out there, and and they have income restrictions and all these weird things, but. If you fit that mold, use it. Roll it into something where you're not even exactly. paying the 24% taxes on yeah. it. <laughs> you know? That's, that makes it even better. Exactly. 636-394-5524. Jeff Zufall, Capital Advisory Group. This is this is the point. You've got savings bonds, and, and you're going to cash them in. you got to worry about the tax implications. Yes. Jeff is a senior tax strategist. You want to cash them in and roll it into something else because it has matured and it's no longer accruing interest. It's just sitting there as, as dead money. It's dead money. Yeah. What are you going to put it into? Yep. Well, Jeff's also a wealth mm-hmm. advisor. Yes. So he does all of it, and he can sit down with you, 636-394-5524. Keep What's Yours is the name of the show. It's the name of the book. And if you want a copy of the book for free, go out to capitaladvisorygrp.com. Go to the website. And uh, up top there is a button that says, give me the book. Give me my book. (laughs) I want a free book. It's easy. It's a little book. It's easy to to comprehend. 
you have to know the basics about how this all works so that when you have that conversation with Jeff, you can say, I understand this. Yeah. I know or, what we're I doing. I get the concept and or, I know, yeah. I get the concept. How do I have to implement it? And exactly. you guys can work together on exactly. that. We'll go to commercial break and then wrap this show up for this week. It's Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall on the Big 550 KTRS. Back to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back in the Big 550 KTRS, Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. Just really quickly, one last segment here. Uh, on the Big 550, on the show, Keep What's Yours, go to the website, by the way, capitaladvisorygrp.com, top right corner. Click on the button to get your free book sent yes. out to you. Keep What's Yours. Student loans. We yeah. talked about these last week. Um, buried in there exactly. So is something interesting. It's kind of funny. So this is just stats that have been put out. So Biden administration says that it will cost $240 billion over the next 10 years. The it's a, it's a committee for responsible federal budget says somewhere between 440 to 600 billion, and Wharton Business of School <clears throat> Wharton Wharton Business School says a trillion bucks. Oh, so that's the, the no. so yeah. what numbers are you using? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of still out there trying How to you digest from it. Two forty to six hundred to I mean. a trillion. It's huge, yeah, um, huge. So again, the, the the here's one of the things that have been developed out of this is there is a section of this that says that it limits future payments to 5% of income, but only after your income is $30,000 or more. Okay. So you go, what? So it means somebody making 70 grand a year, um, no matter how much they borrowed, will be limited to $2,000 a year or 5% of the extra 40,000 they made above the original 30,000. And after 20 years, the debt just goes poof; it's gone. So, what they're what they're you're, we're starting to realize is, if under this theory, if I pick the income-based repayment system, I'm going to go to the most expensive school out there. Why? Why wouldn't I? Because I'm going to be capped on this income concept of five percent of my income for only 20 years. And then after 20 years, it goes away. It goes poof. It goes away. <laughs> so under $30,000, I don't owe anything. You pay nothing. If I you, pay if, nothing. If so, apparently, I'd say your college education was worth it because you're making less than 30 you, grand. Yeah, right. But the good part uh, is, Theoretically, I want to make more than exactly. that. Exactly. The concept, right. though, is six months after graduation, these loans pop up now, whether you're working or not. So you go, okay, that's probably a good facet to this is to say, hey, you're under 30, which means you're not working. You don't have to make a loan payment. Okay, I'll buy that. But the flip of this is now it's only 5% of your income max. And then it, it, it expires in 20 years. So now they're kind of looking at this from an economic standpoint going, why would I not say I want to go to yeah. Yale and Princeton if I could get in and rack up the biggest student loan debt on the face of the earth? Because I'm only I'm only capped at five percent of my income, and I know I'll never pay it off in twenty years. But in twenty years it goes poof. You know, I'm thinking about uh, re-enrolling, <laughs> going back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to school. Uh, I mean, I understand after a certain period of time, uh, and it's been long enough. But to your point, it's, if yeah. I only have to pay five percent a year, Why not? and then after twenty years it's gone. It's I mean, getting yes, a little goofy. Exactly. There'll be some children that, that go, oh, no, I want to be, you know, responsible and only take X as a loan. 
But again, as a parent, I'd be like, borrow everything you could possibly borrow. Why would I want to pay out of pocket? So, right. so there's kind of when you read this and you digest what they put out there, it kind of makes you sit back and scratch your head and go, wait a minute. There's got to be more to it. And there probably is. It just hasn't been digested. All right. And, and it's always about as we trickle through yes. these things, we figure out more all and the more. Angles, all yeah. the angles. And yeah. then they'll change them as well, they realize, I, well, we didn't, we didn't think I, about that part. I think on this, they're going to have to adjust something somewhere. It's and, just too yeah. easy. And I mean. as we said last week, uh, you know, until they fix the high cost of, of that's, college tuition. That's, they've never addressed that. They haven't so, even addressed that part yet. Yeah. So yeah, that's colleges the, will that's be like, the bleeding, yeah, you know? Hey, we'll raise 20%. I, if you do a comparison... Um, other than inflation now is out of control. But in the past, if you ever did a a comparison, colleges, I believe it was three times higher in an annual increase to tuition than what inflation was running up to, you know, the last year and a half or so. And I just don't understand how, uh, why, why, how and why did that happen? Is it getting better? Is it, you know, bloated administrations? It's way out of my pay grade. Right. Football team, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mizzou's got nice uniforms this year. That's right, they do. That's for sure. Hopefully some of these guys get paid for that. Yeah, (laughs) right. Let the car dealership (laughs) pay for that, though. (laughs) Uh, It is Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. 636-394-5524. Every time the federal government does something, there always seems to be a tax implication to it. So we always try to keep you up to date on that. Remind everybody about the HSAs and the FSAs that are out there. If you hate paying taxes, there are probably ways out there where you can keep a little bit more of your money. There absolutely is. Uh, You just have to have somebody take a look at Sit down and take a look at it. That somebody could be Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Go to the website, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Get the free book sent to your house. Thumb through it. Get a handle on you know, and exactly. every time I leave here, Jeff, on the drive home, I call my wife and I say, honey, you know, <laughs> there's something else we could be doing now, too, whether it's I-bonds yeah. or FSAs <laughs> or HSAs. Or I'm going to call her about this student loan thing and say, hey, why don't we just pay 5%? That's right. And just hope it goes away. It goes away 20 years. In 20 years. <laughs> so that is the benefit of having Jeff on the airwaves. And you can have a, a true benefit in your own income. When it comes to having Jeff work on your behalf, 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Everybody have a safe weekend. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.